the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. To win this war, the soul must surrender to Christ because in the war with self, now here it is, giving up is giving in to Jesus. Surrender is how you win. That's Pastor Michael Oxentenko, and this is Reaching Your Heart. Here at Reaching Your Heart, we believe that God answers prayer. If you need prayer, you can call at any time, 24-7, 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Someone is standing by right now to take your phone call. Today's Reaching Your Heart with Pastor Michael Oxentenko is entitled, When Giving Up is Giving In. That's when giving up is giving in, and we'll bring you the first portion of that message here today. Thank you so much for listening. Here is our pastor teacher, Michael Oxentenko, with today's Reaching Your Heart. Let's have a word of prayer. Dear Father, there are times in our lives when we want to fight evil. We want to dig in. We want to show that we can be a good Christian. We want to demonstrate to others in the church and ourselves that we're strong enough to be a good Christian. And then we find we fall and fail, and we're not good at all. Father, may you help us this day to realize that giving up is giving in, and we don't have to win. In Jesus' name, amen. Four months after the Ten Commandments was officially reinstated as a monument on the state capitol grounds. Now, why did that have to happen? You know, there's been this fight in Arkansas. Arkansas State Grounds as to whether or not the Ten Commandments can stay there. Now, I find it amazing you can quote Confucius and everyone else, but you have to take the law of God out of the public square. We're living in a time when Christian values are being assaulted as part of our culture. And, you know, I believe in freedom. But what we're observing in our culture, the oppression of Christianity. And so it's amazing. They reinstated the monument at the state capitol grounds in Arkansas of the Ten Commandments. And it didn't happen alone. The leadership of the Satanic Temple in Arkansas showed up with a huge monument of their own made of brass. A monument to Satan with little children right beside it. Being dedicated by the devil right there to be placed alongside the Ten Commandments. So today there is a battle in this country for religious liberty. And two very different sides are fighting to win their version of the war for America. And the issues could not have been more clearly seen by anyone who observed it or read the news. Friends, we are living in a free country. How many of you are grateful today that you're an American? I am so grateful. I'm living in a free country. We have constitutional liberties. This church that we have has been built because the Constitution of the United States was held as the highest law of the land, and it overruled local courts that said we couldn't build our church. I value the Constitution. I'm driving my son's F.J. Cruiser. You know, he joined the military this last week. We drove him to the office. He's been texting us a little bit. I've been grateful to be able to text, but soon that will end. But right above his visor and his FJ Cruiser that I have for a few weeks here, and I plan to put some miles on it. 
That's all there is to it. I've been driving around this rink-dink car that he built. Now i got his real nice car. I'm going to use it. But right above the visor is a constitution of the United States. My son values the constitution enough that he reads it next to his Bible. It's with him all the time. So we live in a country that is free, and our constitutional liberties are guaranteed by a written document. The First Amendment to the Constitution reads as follows. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or of the right of the people peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. You know, I'm grateful that someone bothered to be very careful and put that in a document that became the law of the land. So Satanists, Christians, and some KKK supporters gathered in that place on the state grounds of Arkansas to speak their mind in the public square as a common rally for the First Amendment of the United States. I mean, who would have believed that such a gathering would have been rallied around the First Amendment? Now, in their effort to oppose the monument of the Ten Commandments at that state capitol, The Satanist leadership brought a monument of their own, as I said, to Lucifer. They had it there on a truck. It can't stay because it's not been approved. But the Satanist speaker, Lucian Greaves, spoke out for his religion in the public square right alongside ministers and others. And he did so with eloquence. He said this. He said, this is not a protest against the Ten Commandments. This is not a protest of Satanists against Christians. This is not a protest of secularists against believers. This is a rally in the face of prejudice. You know, right there in that place, as he was saying this, a Christian man reached out to him and he appealed to him in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ as a reasonable man to come to Christ and live forever and go to heaven. I mean, it was an amazing exchange in the public square. And then the evil response came back to mock that Christian witness. He said, what if I said I didn't want to go to heaven? Heaven sounds boring to me. And then a Christian minister named Chad Jones came forward to the podium and he spoke up for Jesus Christ as another voice in that oppressive environment. When he did so, suddenly a masked man appeared in the midst of the crowd jeering at him as he spoke for Christ right there in the public square. He said, you're a liar, you're a fake, you're a phony. And then Pastor Jones responded right back to him with Christian charity. He said, I love you too. The masked man accused the pastor of being an agent of Satan and phony. But the pastor was not wearing a mask. He was. Then finally the crowd had enough and the police had enough and they moved in. The police removed the masked man from the scene because he was inciting an escalation the crowd that could have led to violence. And the leader of the Satanist group boasted that day, right there in the public square, that the statue of Satan that they had trucked in for that event that was built in Detroit, Michigan, would one day soon find its rightful place as a permanent monument on those sacred state grounds to honor the spirit of religious pluralism. And so the Satanist is banking its hope on the fact that it has sued in the court system for their constitutional right to place a monument of Lucifer in the public square of the United States of America. Now who would ever thought that our country would come to a discourse like that? Friends, we are living on the eve of the advent of Jesus Christ, where civil liberties can be used as an argument for the institutionalization of pure evil. The war that we are seeing is a war for hearts and the souls of our children and the future of our country are in play. And liberty itself is on the line and life at risk today because the battle is for freedom and how you exercise that freedom. 
Now, in this war, friend, giving up is giving in to the enemy. I, for one, will never approve of a monument to Satan in any public setting in this country because I do not believe that our civil liberties are a suicide pact. There is a place for the public discourse to not allow institutionalized evil to be set up in the public square. And so we must never surrender to the enemy in this war of faith. Now, having said that, There is another kind of war, not that different than this one, but this war is not the battle for ideas or religious freedom in the public sphere. This war is a battle for who you are inside your heart and life. This war involves the greatest battle that was ever fought, and it's not fought with antagonists in the public square like in Arkansas. This war is fought inside of you, and you and God alone know how that war is going. And to win this war, the soul must surrender to Christ because in the war with self, now here it is, giving up is giving in to Jesus. Surrender is how you win. My favorite devotional writer on page 141 in her book, Thoughts from the Mount of Blessings, had this to say about the right kind of surrender when giving up is giving in to Jesus and winning in the end. She says, the Christian life is a battle and a march But the victory to be gained is not won by human power. The field of conflict is the domain of a heart. The battle which we have to fight, the greatest battle that has ever been fought by man or woman understood, is the surrender of self to the will of God, the yielding of the heart to the sovereignty of love. The old nature born of blood and the will of the flesh cannot inherit the kingdom of God. The hereditary tendencies, the former habits, must be given up. He who determines to enter the spiritual kingdom will find that all the powers and passions of an unregenerate nature backed by the forces of the kingdom of darkness are arrayed against him. Now that's the biggest battle you will ever fight. It's not the battle against some cause that you don't agree with. It's the battle against that selfish nature inside of you that wants to go that way when Jesus says goes this way, that does not want to bow down and submit to God's will in your life personally. You see, the great controversy that's cosmic has its greatest arena inside the mind of every single believer. In the Bible, our present condition is described as a hopeless condition without Jesus Christ. In Ephesians 2.21, Paul says that we are dead in our trespasses and sins. We don't start out living. We start out dead because of our nature. Isaiah 1 verse 5, the great prophet says, The whole head is sick. And the whole heart is faint, and there is no soundness in it. I mean, we don't even think right unless the Holy Spirit causes us to think right. We don't feel right. We are not motivated by righteous actions unless God can change that old nature. Second Timothy 2.36 says we are held fast in the snare of Satan, taken captive at his will. So it doesn't matter if you're an elder in the church or you're a seasoned member or not. You come to church this day with a common problem. We have a nature that is 100% opposed to God, and we do not know our own mind. Dear heart, we worship a God who loves us anyway. You hear me? And God wants to heal you. He wants to heal you inside your mind and heart in every way. 
And he wants totally restored people who live forever and ever in eternity. And so the battle is not with some cause out there. The real battle is what happens in here, in you and me, in our hearts. And he wants there to be no Lord in the soul except the one who set it free in principle at the cross of Calvary. So if you came to church this morning and you have a God in your life, and that God is determining what you should do, be it selfish interest or selfish desires, or be it something that you have determined you will do in spite of what God is saying. Dear heart, God is calling you to his heart to address the issues of yours. God wants to save your soul. And when he has done saving it, saving it means healing it. God will have no master on the throne of your soul but the one who saved it. And so there is no optional presence here. God will either have all of you or none of you. My favorite devotional writer in her book, Steps to Christ, page 43, the first sermon I ever preached, I quoted this passage. The warfare against self is the greatest battle that was ever fought. The yielding of self, surrendering what? All to the will of God requires a struggle, but the soul must submit to God before it can be renewed in holiness. We cannot be called holy and we are not holy unless the will falls down on its knees and declares to God, God, I don't have the power to do what you want me to do, but I surrender all that I am to you. You work in me your will. Friend, the religion that Jesus came to this earth to teach is not the popular religion that we see in many churches today. Not the prosperity gospel that says God asks nothing of you. The religion that Jesus came to earth to teach is the religion of surrender. In the great battle against evil, we do not win the war by winning the fight ourselves. We must surrender, and this we cannot do by ourselves. But we win the war by surrendering. So we need the Lord in our lives. In this conflict with the powers of darkness... Friend, it's not the might that wins the day. It's the light that shows the way, that illumines the heart, that shows the stain and sin within so that the sinner is brought to Christ to find the way. You know, Satan would have everyone here in the whole world to believe that God's government is a kingdom of coercion. How many of you like to be told what to do? No hands went up. Okay, what if God tells you what to do? You don't like it either. It goes against our nature. We don't like to be forced or coerced, right? Pastor Michael Oxentenka will continue in just a moment. Reaching Your Heart is a listener-supported program. We step out in faith to purchase airtime on this station because we believe God is working through this radio ministry to touch tens of thousands of lives. Each of our messages is prayed over biblical messages of hope and Bible truth. To continue, we need your support. We do not have a large ministry fundraising machine. We operate totally by faith. Call our toll-free number to make your contribution of any size today. That number is 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Or you can stop by our website, reachingyourheart.com. That's reachingyourheart.com. Let's get back to the broadcast now. Here is Pastor Michael Oxentenka with more of today's Reaching Your Heart. Okay, what if God tells you what to do? You don't like it either. It goes against our nature. We don't like to be forced or coerced, right? And that's one reason why the Ten Commandments are not popular. 
Because the Ten Commandments aren't ten suggestions. They are based on God's authority. They're ten commandments. And they're actually ten promises. So Christians are servants of God who follow God. But you see, they don't follow God blindly in the divine economy. God requires of us a reasonable response. He requires of us a loving response. And this cannot be coerced. He cannot make you love Him. And so intelligence and reason and force of will, this we have and He has it too because we're creating the image of God. And God will not coerce you to come to Him. And so the divine will prevails, but not by might nor by power. The divine will prevails by truth, which is might and power with God. You realize that God can use no other means to reach you than truth and evidence. And when truth and evidence are exhausted, there's nothing more He can give. If He can't win a heart with the revelation of who Jesus is, that heart will never come to Him. It's a paradox that the mighty God of the universe will not use one jewel of His infinite power to force anyone to be saved. He won't do that. He will not make a single person here enter His holy kingdom by forcing that will by the divine will. And so God makes the call of love. God's call is a lover's call in history. In the book of Revelation, Jesus is pictured knocking at the door. He says, I've been knocking in the Greek for a long time. Open the door. The call of love that appeals to the mind of the heart, that awakens the conscience, is the call of God through the Spirit that is calling us to know God as a father and a friend. Isaiah 118, the Bible says, Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be what? As white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall become like wool. The transformation that God offers us is not a compromise with evil. Notice here, he says, look, I want to change you. I want to remove evil from your life. But come now, let us reason together. Let's involve the full faculties of your mind and heart in the change that is going to happen in your life. You see, friends, God's kingdom is not a pluralistic kingdom where good and evil can have an equal voice and an equal right in the public square or in your life. I'll say this forthrightly. We are living in a time when there are voices that are saying it's okay to violate God's law. Have you heard that? You know, I'm a Christian. I'm under the new covenant. If I'm under the new covenant, I don't need to keep those commandments. They were done away with at the cross. Furthermore, it's legalistic to obey the Ten Commandments. I'm telling you, that argument's lame when you stand by the casket of a mother whose child was murdered. And you tell them that you don't have to keep the Ten Commandments. That argument is lame when you deal with someone who has suffered loss and their home has been taken away by thievery. You see, we as Christians are not called to alter the law of God. We are called to recognize that God's Word is eternal. So the Bible says the fear of God, of the Lord, is the hatred of evil. And evil is defined by the Ten Commandment moral law of God. So to love God means to surrender to God with the whole heart and the whole mind. The mind must engage the law of God at the deepest level for the converted Christian. Deuteronomy 6.5 is the great commandment. I love this commandment. In fact, when you look at all the Old Testament, people say, well, the Old Testament's the legalistic God. The New Testament's the loving God. They don't read the Old Testament. Deuteronomy 6.5, it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, they're one. 
One Lord. In other words, you can't claim that Jesus is more loving than God the Father. They are one. And then what flows out of the oneness of God, the unity of God? The unity of the law of God. It coalesces. Those ten sacred principles coalesce into one guiding principle that is focused on God. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart. As God is one, your heart must be one. And with all your soul and with all your might, God is one, we must be one with God. And this the soul cannot do. I mean, have you ever tried to love God with all your heart and all your soul, all your might, and find out that you fall short of loving God? Has that ever happened to you? Can you look through your life and find those areas that are short spots and you want them to be better? To be practical here, I think we have to recognize that as Christians, that obedience is in fact repentance. And repentance is not something that happens once and never occurs again. As we are in an attitude of repentance, we are in fact being obedient because guess what? We have a sinful nature. So we should not become discouraged that we have not yet attained. Paul says, forgetting what lies behind, I press onward to the upper call in Christ. So the soul in of itself cannot reach this goal, but the one who has the power can come within the soul and lead us to the goal. Because giving up is giving in to him. Surrender is the necessary condition to have the Holy Spirit. And unless you give to the one who gives you everything at the cross, you cannot win the war with self. And so God calls the Christian, it's you and me, to give up, any and everything that separates the soul from him. You know, real Bible religion does not act like it doesn't matter when we face the issues of our time. I'm going to be very frank with you here. The greatest moral issue facing the United States of America right now, felt deeply within the Christian culture, is the issue of the wholesale destruction of the unborn. It permeates the consciousness of the evangelical Christian mind. It should motivate us with the greatest concern so that we fall to our knees for children meant to be in the loving plan of God. And when Christians can warp their thinking to believe that it's okay to take the life of someone who is unborn because their mother doesn't have enough money or because they might turn out to have a bad outcome, who are they to play God? You know, I can speak to the truth of this, that when my mother had me and my siblings, there no doubt were people recommending that she abort her children because she was paranoid schizophrenic. Did you hear me? And had my mother taken their advice, I wouldn't be here to preach the Word of God to you today. You know, there's something wrong with the Christian mind that compromises You go back to the Old Testament, it's very clear when a nation sacrificed its children on an altar, that nation was removed from the blessing of God and divine judgment fell upon him. In the Bible, true religion is not a religion of compromise. True Bible religion is surrender. Friend, we are living in an age of compromise in the Christian church. I have seen popular Christian concerts that are no different whatsoever then the grossest rock concerts, they have the same effect. They compromise the will and the heart. And there is a release of self-will for a group dynamic. What do Christians have to do with this? You could go on. You know, when Christian gatherings occur and movies are shown where the Lord's name is taken in vain or nudity is ignored and this kind of thing, and it finds its way into the home, tell me that that's not compromise. That is compromise. 
I mean, Christ is coming at the end of the age in glory. In the glory of His Father and the holy angels. The fire of God's presence will not tolerate known evil among His people. And so we are to be holy before God and to put it aside. And yet the more the sermons are preached in our culture by some, it seems that evil grows. The world is a system of ideas and actions that offers the soul a lot of goodies here. And you know what God is waiting for? He's waiting for a generation of people who will take their Bibles as the Word of God, who will believe in their inmost soul that it is the inspired Word of God, and who will allow the Word of God to change their lives because of the love of Christ at the cross. Holy generation. And that generation will usher in the second coming of Christ. Friends, at Christians, we are at risk of bowing down to the image of the world that it sets up for Satan. Now, as I saw this news article of what transpired in Arkansas, with an idol to Satan set up in the public square, I thought of Revelation 13 that says the lamb-like beast will set up an image to the beast and men will fall down and worship that image to the beast. I just thought to myself, how easy it would be if you compromise in this area, it will lead to another. Luke 14, Jesus said this, So therefore, whoever of you does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. So how much of you is God asking for? How much is he asking for? He's asking for all of us. You know, there are often two compartments in our lives. One that is ours and one that is God's. One that is sacred, one that is secular, right? The Christian is a surrendered saint, who has placed everything, not some things, everything on the altar, and who owns nothing because he or she has been bought with the precious blood of Christ. And so a Christian doesn't say, well, I can't give up this or that. The Christian says, what can I give to the one who gave himself for me? That will conclude the first portion of When Giving Up is Giving In. Join us again next time we get together for the conclusion of this message. Here at Reaching Your Heart, we believe in prayer. We believe in the God who answers our prayers and meets our needs. Each week, we are standing by to receive your prayer requests and seek God with you. His word declares, ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Call our prayer line today with your requests and our team will join you in seeking that the God of heaven will meet each one of your needs. Our telephone number is 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. If you would like to listen to this message again, it is available for you at reachingyourheart.com. Once again, reachingyourheart.com. There are many messages available along with this broadcast as well. Thanks for listening today. And as always, we want you to know that we do pray that God is reaching your heart. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.